Hi, I'm James Pickering, and I specialise in global recruitment across medical devices and pharmaceuticals for the eye care industry. For today's instalment of CM Conversations, I'm speaking with Fabrizio Quinez, who's the CEO of CFI. CFI are an Italian company who have been manufacturing surgical and pharma products for ophthalmology since 1935. The company is dedicated to improving lives through innovation in eye care and exports its products all over the world. Fabrizio has been with the organisation for over 15 years and has guided the company through many unique challenges in his tenure. Despite those challenges, the company has continued to grow and now has over 400 employees. Ophthalmology is a relationship-driven industry and was hit particularly hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. As such, I really wanted to understand how Fabrizio and Sifi have dealt with coronavirus and adapted their business to new ways of working. I took this opportunity to hear Fabrizio's story, so I hope you enjoy our conversation and please let me know your feedback on any of the subjects we discussed. Could you please give me an overview of your, your time at Sifi? You've been there for I think over five years now. So tell me a little bit about your, obviously your appointment as the CEO uh, and how things have gone over the last few years. My uh, background uh, in, in CFI is that of uh, uh, um, grandson of one of the two shareholders. So I am uh, a third generation entrepreneur, uh, as you would call me. Uh, perhaps it's good to go back uh, to when uh, I started uh, working for CFI. Uh, after uh, a degree in business administration and then uh, some experience in corporate finance uh, in London, uh, I joined the family business uh, uh, back in 2004 uh, in uh, uh, the business development department. Uh, and I focused uh, back then on the expansion into new product categories uh, outside of pharma, which has always been the core business uh, of CFI. Since then, uh, I've been doing uh, a few uh, strategic projects, uh, uh, especially uh, leading the effort in uh, um, investing in R&D and manufacturing of uh, uh, surgical products, uh, mainly in trochlear lenses. At that point, uh, a new division was created and uh, I led that division until uh, I became uh, executive chairman uh, back in 2010 um, after a change in governance uh, within the family. And I was uh, very proud to get uh, the confidence of the rest of uh, uh, the shareholding families uh, to lead uh, the, the company uh, with the help of a uh, um, non-family member as a CEO. Another uh, transformative event that led to uh, um, step up in my career uh, was the uh, investment of a private equity fund uh, in 2015, uh, which has then uh, um, uh, led to the decision uh, to um, give me all responsibilities uh, operationally uh, as uh, the sole CEO of the company. And that was uh, back in uh, 2016. Fantastic. And obviously you've been, you've been there a long time. Things have developed a lot since you first became. Um, how, how have things started with CFI when, from when you've come along to um, how it is now? So almost sort of 10, 15 years later. Yeah, I, I guess the uh, key part uh, strategically was really to uh, branch out into surgical 
and that was a major effort uh, for uh, a small company like Cefi. But when I became uh, CEO uh, in 2016, uh, the um, uh, growth strategy uh, was evolving into uh, expanding uh, into new markets, uh, not only uh, through uh, a growing network of distributors, uh, but also uh, investing uh, in uh, setting up uh, our own organizations in uh, key markets. That was really uh, uh, the major uh, uh, change in terms of uh, uh, business strategy, but also uh, it was a matter of strengthening uh, the management team and also changing uh, the culture of the company, uh, evolving from uh, uh, a domestic leader uh, that is uh, managed as a family business into a more uh, international organization. And clearly, uh, this is uh, uh, one of the things uh, uh, that required a lot of effort, uh, both in terms of uh, um, changing the culture and uh, uh, recruiting good people uh, uh, to, to join the company. I think a lot of companies, particularly sort of startups, um, that are sort of family orientated and as, be- as they begin to grow, there they becomes almost sort of a, a critical mass where it must sort of transform into this more corporate, uh, more structured organisation. Did, did that happen exactly how you sort of planned it would and thought it would? Uh, what has sort of, you know, changed along the way? Well, I, I guess um, the most difficult part is uh, uh, finding, attracting and uh, keeping good people. And uh, in the meantime, you also have to deal uh, with these uh, um, potential um, conflicts that are um, quite natural when you try to change uh, the culture. And therefore, uh, people uh, that are incumbent within the company might feel threatened uh, by um, new ways of um, uh, interacting with colleagues. Uh, and, and that, of course, uh, requires a lot of time and effort uh, in order to make sure that conflict management is uh, uh, brought to uh, a point where you create value for the company uh, by uh, combining uh, different standpoints. Uh, and in our case, was people with a very strong attachment to the company, but that are growing professionally within our company, our also our location uh, and, and also uh, the people that come from larger organization and that bring uh, different expertise uh, and different ways of, uh, of collaborating. I think that was uh, possibly uh, the, the, the achievement uh, uh, that took me the biggest amount of effort and time. And all those people obviously to collaborate, um, you know, is, is, is extremely challenging. How many people is there in the, in the organization at the moment? Now we have grown to about uh, 400 uh, people uh, and uh, um, whilst the uh, company has recruited uh, people uh, uh, in our headquarters uh, where we have both R&D and manufacturing facility, the vast majority of the growth uh, in terms of headcount uh, came from uh, uh, new appointments uh, abroad. So that is also one other uh, point that I was uh, uh, trying to capture earlier on. Uh, when you uh, bring uh, additional complexity, uh, different cultures, um, people that have been uh, that come from different countries, so you are uh, basically switching uh, all uh, conversation in the company from Italian to English. Uh, that's another um, challenge 
because it's not just a question of commanding the language, but also uh, making sure that people um, are exchanging uh, as much as they can uh, their experience, uh, uh, again, without um, people feeling threatened by um, uh, newcomers that might have uh, uh, different views and uh, would bring uh, uh, different expertise. Uh, so, uh, I would say that uh, uh, whilst uh, we are uh, growing uh, abroad uh, through uh, commercial organizations rather than uh, investing in additional uh, manufacturing, uh, they are um, uh, kind of uh, bringing value also in other areas of the business as we grow uh, with a more international company. And then, of course, all, all sorts of challenges, uh, uh, including uh, devising uh, new uh, operational governance um, methodologies, uh, uh, committees uh, uh, that would, uh, um, you know, address uh, a, a more um, horizontal uh, communication uh, than vertical uh, is, is another uh, sign of uh, the changes that have uh, uh, been uh, um, doing in the last few years. As the leader of the organization and being with them for so long, there's also a lot of change that, that you've sort of had to deal with yourself. Um, is it ever been a challenge to sort of change the way that, um, you know, change a strategy perhaps or change the plan um, to adapt? Or do you think as, as the leader, you know, that is something that you must be at the forefront of? I guess the fact that CIFI has always been focused on ophthalmology helped us in uh, understanding uh, our direction. And uh, um, we did uh, a few years before I became CEO, a strategy review and decision was to confirm our focus on ophthalmology. But as I said before, uh, invest in different uh, product categories. Uh, and, I, and I think this uh, really paid off uh, as we look into the innovations we're bringing into the um, uh, surgical uh, market through our presbyopia correcting uh, technologies. Uh, I think uh, it was a right decision. It is also an achievement uh, uh, that I've been leading uh, since the early days. Uh, so this is quite uh, uh, something that I'm proud of. Um, however, uh, the um, uh, difference uh, from a, a sort of a, a family business into a more professional organization is something that you also have uh, uh, above um, uh, the uh, operational uh, organization. So um, reporting to shareholders uh, in, a, in a structured way um, and also uh, dealing in a more professional uh, uh, way uh, with the uh, business development opportunities, uh, M&A, is something that really uh, was uh, uh, kind of a new chapter to, uh, to, to the history of CIFI. And, uh, yeah. and um, yeah. again, uh, making the first acquisition in the company's history uh, through the acquisition of some assets in France are, um, is really another achievement uh, uh, that uh, has um, uh, it's it's a new footprint, let's say, in in uh, in the corporate development uh, uh, history. Absolutely, and of course, I think that the growth of the company and um, you know internationally is is absolutely a fantastic achievement. It's something that's that's taken a number of years and 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 has taken a lot of commitment from a lot of people in the organisation. Who is lucky enough to to help with that? Uh, and bring some some talented individuals to CFI. 
Um, now, obviously, not not everything has been plain sailing, as it you know as it is in any organisation. The the real sort of mark and reputation of a leader is not when things are good, but of course when things are challenging. And it's fair to say that, of course, Cefi has has faced its fair share of challenges, um, especially over the last you know two or three years. There was an earthquake at the manufacturing facility, from what I understand. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, uh, at, at the end of 2018, uh, um, uh, there was a, a big earthquake in uh, uh, Mount Etna. Uh, that's where we are located. Uh, I mean, it's a fantastic location uh, from our factory. You can have a whole view of, uh, of the volcano uh, and the sea. So it, it's, a, it's a fantastic location. But then again, um, uh, when um, things uh, like that happen, uh, you are um, uh, uh, clearly uh, affected uh, uh, by a number of, of challenges, um, uh, which is uh, also uh, um, uh, a learning uh, process, uh, not only uh, in terms of uh, um, the things that you have to rebuild, uh, which is actually what we had to do. Uh, we basically spent uh, uh, four months at the beginning of 2019 uh, to rebuild the, the factory uh, and uh, uh, restart manufacturing. Was there quite sort of severe damage then? And, and was everybody, well, firstly, I suppose, was everybody in the organization safe and well? Was anybody injured in, in that event? Yeah, luckily enough, uh, we had that for Christmas 2018. So, um, uh, as you might uh, imagine, uh, during Christmas, there is a very little uh, people uh, within uh, within the factory. So uh, the first thing uh, that is the most important, the health and safety of the people that work at the company, uh, we are uh, we were good. So, um, but uh, the day uh, after Christmas, uh, we have started to count the damages. Uh, and uh, as I told you before, uh, we had to uh, basically uh, um, uh, rebuild, uh, although um, the, the infrastructure uh, was uh, um, resistant to earthquake, you had to um, uh, redo all the uh, validations that are needed to manufacture in sterile conditions, both for pharmaceutical products as well as uh, surgical products. As uh, uh, we have two different manufacturing plants uh, in, uh, uh, in in Catania, and this is uh, uh, basically leading to a shortage of products. Uh, to supply the market, uh, clearly our uh, growth was uh, uh, dramatically affected by that in 2019. Uh, I think uh, closing the year uh, with a single-digit growth in sales was was quite an achievement, uh, uh, considering that uh, for uh, about four months we were not able to supply the markets uh, with with, uh, with new products, uh, and, and that's of course and, and that of course was. Uh, uh, something to um, share in terms of achievement uh, uh, with the rest of the team uh, that was uh, uh, working hard together uh, in order to uh, overcome this very difficult moment. So from your perspective on, on, on a personal level as well, uh, as a leader during you know a time of crisis, I mean, how did you sort of personally deal with that? Well, uh, it's uh, um, uh, first of all, uh, uh, be there, if not physically, <laughs> also on the phone every time when uh, um, you were called in uh, to make decisions. And the most important thing uh, for me as a leader was to make sure that everybody uh, was confident in uh, uh, taking all these small decisions and, and supporting them 
in order to shorten uh, as much as we could uh, the time frame to get back uh, on our feet. Uh, and that was really um, beside the, uh, let's say, uh, uh, many decisions that we have to do is to make sure that the team was working together in a proficient way uh, in order to uh, be ready uh, back to business basically you managed to get through that get everything sort of back on track um, and then had the coronavirus pandemic um, which hasn't just affected cp it's affected you know the entire industry um, tell me a little bit about Firstly, I think what's happened within CFI and, and how you've responded to that crisis. But then also, what do you think going forward the effects are on the, the, the industry? Uh, I guess we've been trained uh, to that. And, and as you said, uh, uh, coronavirus has not impacted only our organization, uh, but the market in general. I think when uh, um, the, 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 the outbreak uh, started in, in some countries, uh, especially uh, when it started in China, um, th there was a belief uh, or let's say a hope uh, that uh, this could be contained to some regions and therefore have uh, uh, a lower impact on, on, uh, on the market. Uh, but then when, uh, you know, we, we as, uh, actually as Italians started off uh, Western European countries, uh, you know, we suddenly realized uh, that we had to react uh, um, in, a, in, in a different way uh, to the uh, challenge that we faced uh, back in 2019, uh, because um, that was going to, to affect uh, the overall market. And of course, this has reflected in the performance in, in the uh, second quarter of, of, uh, of this year. Uh, so, uh, we, we have done a lot of uh, um, um, plan revisions. Uh, we have uh, uh, made uh, a lot of sensitivity analysis. Uh, we, we changed uh, um, the approach to many uh, processes uh, within the company. Uh, and uh, uh, I guess we were good in reacting fast by um, uh, fast-tracking some investments uh, in some areas and uh, uh, facing uh, the uh, which, challenges. Which areas, if, if we don't sort of mind expanding, you know, which areas in particular did you feel that you had to sort of move those investments forward in and what effect do you think those changes made? Uh, yeah, this is uh, uh, mostly in digital and uh, I think we can go back to that uh, at a later stage because this is uh, what I feel going to be a, a long-term impact of coronavirus on, on our industry. Uh, uh, but before uh, getting into there, I just wanted to stress out the fact that uh, CFI is um, um, uh, busy in, in investing in, in growth in new markets, so it's difficult to combine uh, that uh, growth strategy with necessary cost containment uh, that, um, uh, you know, a, a decrease in sales um, is um, leading to. Uh, and this is something we, we've done, uh, although uh, the fact that uh, um, the marketing and sales of uh, of ceramic products in 2020 has uh, seen a dramatic change uh, in, in in all respects. Um, uh, first of all, uh, the um, lack of access to ophthalmic doctors 
not only by um, sales reps, but more importantly, uh, by um, patients. Um, as, you, um, as it is widely known, uh, all uh, industry uh, statistics uh, talk about uh, the um, significant decrease in ophthalmic consultation and uh, ophthalmic yeah. surgeries. Uh, and uh, I, I would say that uh, this is affecting CV as uh, significant parts of our portfolio are um, uh, targeting uh, uh, surgeries, uh, mainly cataract surgeries, not only with uh, intraocular lenses, uh, but also with pharmaceuticals. Uh, so that was really the, the short-term uh, impact uh, uh, and um, the way we, we have addressed that uh, beyond uh, the cost containment effort is investing in digital, allowing uh, you know sales reps to uh, interact digitally with doctors. Uh, and uh, this is something that uh, we have completed in Italy in a, in a very short time. Um, uh, five weeks. Uh, I think this is a, a, a great achievement by the team. Uh, the commitment was very strong, so we were uh, able to um, uh, be back uh, immediately uh, with uh, novel systems uh, that will be combined uh, in the future yeah. with face-to-face. -face. And coming back to the point of uh, what is the long-term impact uh, of COVID-19, in my view, and uh, how uh, uh, the company is addressing this is a change in uh, um, business model. I think uh, a lot of processes uh, will become more digital, uh, including marketing and sales, which doesn't mean that face-to-face -face interaction will not be valuable. I mean, uh, this is something that uh, that is key, but it will be combined uh, with a, a different way of uh, yeah. presenting innovation, uh, liaising with doctors, and also uh, getting their 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 feedback, uh, and this will accelerate transformation. Ophthalmology is a very very relationship driven um, sort of therapeutic area. Have you found, and have your your team found, that it has been possible to to maintain those relationships? We, we've actually uh, engaged uh, uh, more than uh, half of our uh, uh, target uh, in in a um, controlled and uh, profitable way. I would say. Uh, in uh, in less than four weeks, uh, which is quite an achievement. Uh, but of course, people are uh, willing uh, to go back uh, to, uh, uh, um, I would say, an old way of connection. And as you said, it's relationship-driven. Uh, but I, I'm afraid that this will be uh, uh, something uh, um, not possible in, in the very short term. So you will have to combine both face-to-face -face and, and, and digital interaction. But, but I believe uh, that also once you are, if you like, forced to do something, um, you can appreciate uh, the additional uh, productivity and um, you may uh, find it useful to combine that in, uh, in the future. Yeah, so it's about obviously um, reacting to the issue but then obviously using this as an opportunity to, to develop the future strategy. And, and I think everyone across the industry, I think I, I spoke with Globecheck, a, a startup based out of the US in, in the diagnostics field um, a few weeks ago. And, and they said that ultimately the industry has had to embrace telehealth care, um, tele-eye care. Previously, they didn't have to. But now I think um, companies that sort of fail to embrace that 
that digital side will probably struggle. Going back to sort of the the doctors themselves, now perhaps the reason it's been slow to sort of you know return to, to the normal ways is because patients are actually a little bit scared, you know, to visit an ophthalmologist, to be in close contact with doctors. And in most eye examinations, you're less than sort of two foot away from the examiner. What do you think needs to be done across the industry to make sure patients feel feel safe to return and uh, and to seek you know the care that ultimately a lot of them need? Uh, it was quite astonishing to uh, see uh, that ophthalmology was actually the sector with the biggest impact in terms of consultation, even more than dermatology, and that was. You know, a bit surprising to me because uh, I felt that, um, uh, you know, people are uh, tending to preserve uh, uh, their uh, eye care uh, because of, you know, changing lifestyles, etc. So when it comes to how to address uh, this uh, insecurity of patients uh, going to doctors. As you said, now there are technologies, telemedicine, et cetera, that uh, uh, could help the process. The real uh, uh, driver will be the, the availability of, of a vaccine that could make people feel safer in any aspect of their life, including uh, consultations with ophthalmologists. Absolutely, okay. Um, all right, well, I think that's that's a lot about sort of the coronavirus and so, Ultimately, what, what's next for CFI then? Um, what's the plans over the next few years? Have you got any, any innovation of your own in the pipeline? Um, and what can we expect to see? Yeah, actually, um, uh, starting from uh, product innovation, uh, I think we are uh, going to um, uh, face a new challenge later this year in uh, launching uh, digitally two new products. And again, coming back to my point in investing in uh, digital in order uh, to make sure that you can still go ahead and do what you have planned is uh, uh, one of the key lessons that we learned this year. Uh, One is in uh, uh, the field of uh, dry eye uh, and and the other one is in the area of uh, refractive cataract surgery. And without getting into the details, uh, whilst we are are confident of, uh, um, you know, the... the, uh, level of innovation that they bring to the market uh, uh, through patented technologies. I guess the real challenge will be to launch a product in a totally different way that you've done in the past. There are not going to be any any trade shows that you can physically uh, attend and and therefore uh, it's all going to be um, down to people. And uh, it might seem uh, quite contradictory, but the people, your people within the organization should be even more attentive to bringing uh, their uh, doctors to new forms of communication that uh, will allow them to learn about the technologies that we bring into the market and uh, and then uh, following up uh, uh, with uh, um, uh, sort of closed loop marketing strategies, uh, which are again, uh, a new challenge in the way um, um, sales reps uh, have been uh, doing their jobs. So it, it is very much a question of culture because my my objective when uh, embracing digital was not to overcome the personal relationship between 
the people that work at CIFI and doctors, but actually the other way around, empowering them with new tools. So at the center of our innovation, there will always be the relationship between the people uh, with a name and surname that work within our organization and their doctors. Uh, so that when uh, uh, they continue to interact is um, it's gonna be like like before, but in a different way. And then uh, we have uh, um, quite um, a lot of uh, uh, development programs ongoing in uh, uh, major therapeutic areas. Uh, some are later stages um, and some other uh, earlier stages. And, and of course, we did have impacts on uh, uh, clinical development programs for some of our um, products. And, and that is, uh, of course, uh, slowing down a little bit the, the um, expected type of market. Uh, but uh, I would say that uh, the, the, um, the major programs that we are undergoing are uh, in an orphan indication and, uh, and another one in, in a, a dry eye. Uh, the first one uh, is uh, uh, quite advanced, advancing, notwithstanding uh, um, uh, COVID-19. So patient enrollment has been okay, but the other uh, has really seen uh, a dramatic uh, impact by, by, by COVID-19. Uh, so we hope to be in a position to communicate uh, shortly uh, some good news in terms of uh, completing some uh, clinical development programs. Uh, and, and that is, of course, uh, something that has uh, required a lot of investments uh, in the past alongside uh, the expansion, uh, geographical expansion into new markets. And so that, that is the, uh, uh, let's say, third part of, uh, third pillar of our strategy uh, going forward. Uh, increasing uh, uh, the market penetration in, uh, in, in existing ones, uh, especially uh, the ones that we started uh, off in the last few years, and um, also looking at uh, uh, a couple of other opportunities uh, in emerging markets. Uh, and this is something that we're working on to, to um, increase uh, uh, the reach of our organization going forward. There's clear signs that you're embracing um, innovation despite everything that's happened. A lot of companies would, of course, shy away from launching new products during during this time. But, you know, innovation, you know, should never really stop. It should be something that should be almost continuous. And by continuing what you're doing and, and launching these products um, over the next few months, then perhaps there's actually an advantage to that perhaps where other companies are deciding to, to slow down and, and not take the risk, perhaps seizing that opportunity will give the opportunity for CFI to, to get perhaps more of the spotlight. Indeed, uh, beyond these more international launches, uh, we will continue to bring our legacy products into new markets. Uh, and uh, there will be a launch of one of our uh, best-selling uh, pharmaceuticals uh, into Spain uh, later this year. So uh, again, there's going to be a lot of activity uh, with these new technologies. Uh, and um, uh, it's, it's early to say uh, whether this will pay off or not, but um, I believe that uh, the, this is uh, uh, the right way to react to the current challenges. Uh, and uh, I think uh, 
uh, it's uh, somewhere uh, where mm, perhaps we didn't want to be, uh, I mean, in facing uh, such an unprecedented scenario. But then again, um, it, it's all about uh, investing in uh, people, uh, having them using the new technologies uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a more proficient way and, um, you know, trying to make an impact uh, in the industry. I guess that at my level, uh, the biggest decision uh, was to maintain uh, all the uh, development programs uh, and, and also um, uh, continuing to um, push on, uh, on innovation. Uh, th that was something uh, that I got support from uh, the board, from, from shareholders, notwithstanding uh, the economic impact of, of COVID-19. And I think, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see how um, 2021 uh, will be like in terms of uh, returning to a, a more uh, normal life. Uh, and, uh, what advice would you give to other professionals in the ophthalmology market uh, perhaps, you know, salespeople, marketing people starting out, um, you know, who want to develop and progress in, in what is such a fantastic um, and interesting area. I believe that there are uh, uh, two main uh, suggestions uh, I, I could give. One is to um, be open uh, to learn new things. Uh, and I will give you just my example. I have a... Um, background in business administration and corporate finance. But uh, one of the uh, uh, biggest achievements that I made in my, my career was to pick up uh, the, the right technology at the right moment, understanding uh, uh, more than just business, but also looking into um, medicine and, and learning. But uh, you have to be available for that. And the second one is uh, um, to uh, leverage on uh, um, uh, people uh, meaning uh, creating teams that could work effectively together, uh, allow people to make mistakes uh, within your team, and, and of course, uh, sharing uh, the rewards of success uh, with um, you know the smart people that you have around. And, and, and that is uh, uh, something that uh, is not just for, for our industry. Absolutely. Well, Fabrizio, it's been really interesting to delve into both CFI as an organization and, and the wider ophthalmology market. And I really appreciate your, your time today. Um, and yeah, thanks very much. Thank you. That was my conversation with Fabrizio Quinez, the CEO from CFI. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and took as much information away from it as I did. If you want more information on CM Conversations or would like to be a future guest, get in touch at cmconversations at charltonmorris.com. I'm James Pickering. Thanks very much for listening.